If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. In this episode of Mind Pump, we answer fitness questions asked by people like you. Yeah. In the beginning of the episode, we do our introductory conversations where we talk about current events, we talk about our lives, we talk about fitness, we mention our sponsors. Sometimes we go off. Here's the rundown of what happened in this episode of Mind Pump. We open up by talking about the Super Bowl. We're all a little sad because uh, the yeah. 49ers did not win. Uh, they're my favorite sports ball team of all time. <laughs> I know I liked you, Sal. Then we talked about the Super Bowl food that we all ate. Uh, we ate... Somewhat healthy and somewhat unhealthy. Some of the healthy stuff that we ate came from Butcher Box. Justin had their wings, which were incredible. Yummy. And I had the pork chops. Now, Butcher Box is a company that we work with that delivers grass fed, high quality meat to your door. Meat like heritage pork, which has an incredible flavor. Uh, it's more humanely raised, of course, grass fed meats, minimally processed bacon. And because it's delivered to you to your door, it eliminates the middleman, so the prices are phenomenal. And we have a fantastic deal for you right now with a Mind Pump code. Check this out. If you go to butcherbox.com forward slash Mind Pump, for a limited time, you can get two free filet mignons and one pack of bacon for free. Both of those for free, plus $20 off your first box. Make sure you use the code Mind Pump at checkout. Fillets for days. Then we talked about Joe Rogan, how he's under fire for supporting Bernie Sanders. The the guy can't do anything right. I know. I talked about the Facebook group that I belong on Facebook that got into a debate with me with veganism. They didn't know who they were messing with. (laughs) Then we talked about high intensity and low intensity exercise and its effects on the brain. That part was really, really fascinating. Then we made some speculations about blue blue light blocking glasses and how they may actually improve cognitive performance over time by reducing eye strain. So by wearing these glasses, if you're going to work a long time on your computer, not only does it protect your eyes, not only are they good to use at night so that you sleep better, but they may actually make you perform better by reducing eye strain by blocking out the high-intensity blue light that comes off of your electronics. Now, our favorite company of blue light blocking glasses is Felix Gray. They look good, they work great, and the glass... Uh, the glasses are not colorful. So in other words, you don't put on with a, you know, like a, a red lens or an orange lens. Yeah. Things still look natural. Um, and we have a hookup for you. Go to Felix Gray Glasses, F-E-L-I-X-G-R-A-Y, glasses.com forward slash mind pump and get free shipping and free returns. Then we got into the fitness questions. The first question is, look, I know that full range of motion training is best. But is there ever an appropriate time to use partial rep training? So, in other words, full full squats versus half squats, full mm. presses versus half presses, is there value to the partial reps? The next question, this person says, hey, what exercise or exercises are a good replacement for the back squat? So if I can't do back squats, even though that's the best exercise ever, what are some good replacements? The next question, uh, this person says, look, uh, if my diet isn't super dialed in, not getting enough protein or not getting the right amount of calories. Is it worth it going to the gym? Should I still make it a point to go? And the final question, what's the difference between reverse dieting and bulking? So you may have heard of those two terms. Um, They're not really the same thing, although the strategy is similar. 
So we talk about the differences between those two things. Also, it, then you reverse it. this month, our bodybuilder advanced muscle building body sculpting program is 50% off. We're talking about MAPS Split. This is one of our more expensive workout programs normally. Now, the reason why we charge a little more for this one, it's more advanced. It is a split routine. This is where you break up body parts, train them on different days. Of course, we do it the right way. There's a mobility component that we included as well. Full workout demos, full videos of all the exercises. It's a great muscle building, metabolism boosting routine, but it's half off right now, literally 50% off. So you can get this program at a great discount. Here's what you do if you want to get that discount. Go to mapssplit.com. That's M-A-P-S-S-P-L-I-T.com. And use the code SPLIT50, that's S-P-L-I-T-5-0, no space, for the discount. T-shirt time! And it's T-shirt time. Aw, oh, shit, Doug, you know it's my favorite time of the week. We have three winners for iTunes and five winners for Facebook. The iTunes winners are a Cowart 11, S9 Northrup, The Doug Johnson, and for Facebook, we have Rob Ruff, Chris Kading, Kiana Wilgus, Liz Rodman, and Kyle Blaine Miller. All of you are winners. Send the name I just read to iTunes at mindpumpmedia.com. Include your shirt size, your shipping address, and we'll get that shirt right out to you. Dude, uh, so I got all excited about the sports ball game yesterday. I, good time. I noticed Dude, you, you were wearing like like apparel. Yeah, I was. Oh, I you, was so proud of you. You were wearing Niner gear? Yeah. yeah. I was like, even if it's fake, I appreciate it. No, you know what it you is. I mean? First off, I do enjoy – I don't seek watching sports. I really don't care. But if I do watch football, I can enjoy it. I understand the rules in the game, and I can see the strategy. And 49ers, a local team, it's a big deal. We went over to my parents' house for kind of like a small Super Bowl party. So I wanted to get into the spirit. So I bought the kids, and you know, Jessica and I wore 49er shirts or whatever. And <laughs> yes, dude. had a good time watching <laughs> so the game. Good. So good. Dude, it was uh, – you know, I haven't been following the season. Uh, I'm, I don't follow the season ever, but I'm going to make a comment. You guys let me know if I'm on point or off point because you're both much more experienced with the, with the current state of football and the 49ers. But it seems like they fucking choked at the end. It seems like they totally Yeah, you got choked. that too? Is that – Okay, good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, that, the, was, that was clear. The big, the big debate uh, going into this, right? So I, m- one of my best friends – there's three of us that are like the hardcore sports fanatics. There, We have a thread that's pretty much all we're discussing is that. And we used to be fantasy and all that shit like yeah. that, but I, I can't play that stuff anymore. I don't have time. What kind of fantasy? Yeah. yeah. yeah role yeah. play type yeah. stuff. In the locker room. Yeah. yeah. Those, kinds yeah. Of, those kinds of things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, and so we, we, we've been talking, you know, we, we totally been talking shit, of course, to my buddy who is the big Niner fan and, you know, they've been having a hell of a season, you know, and then it gets to this time and, you know, my, I'm a Cowboys fan. My other friend is a Detroit Lions fan. And then we have the, the Niner fan art. And, oh, and Detroit Lions. Yeah. Right. And that's funny. First time I've heard their name. Right. We're like at, it's... we're at a place in our lives now that we're older. When we were younger, like it was no mercy. you Berate the other guys. You talk shit about their. It's team. kind of a lot softer now, huh? Oh yeah, now that we're Me old, and my friends too. Now we're older. Like uh, I was semi rooting for the Niners. You know what I'm uh, saying, like uh, because yeah. I I want them from the Bay Area too. You know, I want to see if I can't have joy today. I'm let, I want my best friend. My Rams Trump. fan. Uh, c- friend congratulated me that we were in the Super Bowl. I'm like, who are you? Yeah. Who right. are you? You used to give so me shit is, like, who 40 whiners? That's what he'd say to me like every time. Right. So this is how it happens as you get older. So anyways, the, the big conversation heading in this game is that, you know, we've been all supportive. Oh, your Niners are going to make it. That's great. I, but my my buddy and I, who are not Niners fans, are like, 
but we're really going to see what Jimmy G is all made of because no doubt you have uh, one of the – I mean, there's, they were rated the second-best defense. I would argue they're the first-best. They have one of the best defensive lines. Uh, they were incredible all year long, and they say defenses win championships. Yeah, Bosa. But this was a very interesting Super Bowl because you have the Chiefs, which has got one of the most high-powered offenses we've ever seen before, going against one of the best defenses. And, you know, at one point, uh, what I said was that Jimmy G is going to have to put together a very, very important drive or two in order to win this game because the Chiefs are going to score points. And let it be exactly how it played out. And we're all texting back, and we weren't together this the Super Bowl, but we're texting back and forth as it's happening. And you know the Chiefs come back, and they they go up with what less than less than five minutes left. I think there was three or four minutes left, or even less than that. Jimmy has the ball with an opportunity to drive it down and win the game. And I send the message over. I said, "Well, here you go. Yeah. This is this will be, he choke? Or yeah, will he? will he will he be able to take this team down and drive and score and win? Montana would have." Well, you're right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're right. Montana would have, Young would have, uh, Aikman would have, uh, you know, Peyton Manning would have, Tom Brady would have, all the great. And this is so here. That's the debate. Now we've had examples of teams that have gone there with you know subpar quarterbacks, but for the most part, like the Ravens. Yes. Yeah. Right. So you yeah, Trent Dilfer uh, uh, that year, and then uh, I forget who had uh, who was with the Bears when the Bears defensive team won uh, just not that long ago or mm-hmm. within the last two decades. Um, but for the most part, you always see like a stud quarterback who could lead the team, and you know that was that was the yeah. opportunity. And there's if you, that. I mean, there's also like before the half was a telltale sign for me, like in terms of like bad decision making and not. You know, creating an opportunity that was obviously there to. Which, what are you talking about? What I'm part? talking about they didn't score right before the half, and, oh, and they could have got a timeout uh, and extended their time, and it was just piss poor time management. And I don't know if that was from the coaching staff, like what the fuck was going on. There? Yeah, I I think the intention of the end of the first half was um, we're going in tied. We know that we are playing. Yeah, and they're happy with that, which right. is, is, again, this is a mentality I think is a cancer. Well, if you're the, if you're the coach and you, uh, you know, you're not really supposed to say that to your, your, your quarterback, but you have more faith in your defense than you do in your right. quarterback, right. and there's less than a minute left to drive down. You know, again, if that's Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Bill Belichick well, look what that tells- did to his confidence, though, going into that last drive that was so pivotal for him to to shine. Oh, interesting. You think it's like that? I don't. You know, I thought it was a, a smart strategy uh, by Shanahan, but I think that they surprised themselves when they did that little dump off pass that ended up going for. 20, right. 25 yards. Mm-hmm. So that all of a sudden, oh shit, now if you're a fan, you're watching like, oh shit, we actually have a chance to score right now. Mm-hmm. I think that was a play that got broken open. They weren't anticipating to get broken open. Mm-hmm. It did. Then all of a sudden as a fan, you're like, oh fuck, we could, have, we could go score. Yeah. They ran out of time. It looked like poor clock management. You know, there's so many things you can go back and and pick apart uh, how yeah, you they could have even up. just scored three points though if they would have managed it correctly, even without that 25 yard pass. Like they had like a, another like 30 something seconds that could add it. So, yeah, whatever. Yeah, do you guys watch the halftime I was show? Just about that. Do you guys watch the halftime <laughs> yeah. performance? What? Yeah, I, <laughs> this guy. <laughs> Katrina actually said. No, it's, it's yeah. No, no I, Katrina okay. actually said Let's something to it. me that I thought was interesting because you sent a text over after she had said this. Oh, what did she say? She just said uh, she looked over at me. She goes, "Are you getting this uh, woman 
this whole woman message that's coming through mm-hmm. right here. And I go, yeah, no, I see it. I get it. You know, cause there was commercials like that. There oh, was the female the, empowerment stuff. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Here's, here's what it, so the halftime show kind of annoyed me a little bit in, in here's what it is. It was obviously, it, okay. In my opinion, it was over sexualized. Now I don't, I don't have a problem with sexy. I don't have a problem with, you know, uh, that being presented. And of course it's, you know, the media reflects what the consumer wants. So it's obviously going to they're doing what's going to get the most attention, the most views, and all that stuff. But it keeps hammering the message that that's the that's the only value that they have to present. You got Jayla, who's fifty, mm. and Shakira Which, by the way, looked look, great. Look, yeah, dude, look, I don't she, know. She did look great, but yeah. she could have done a, a classy performance instead of like you know yeah. like and and Shakira with her tongue flicking and you know and it, look as a man, I'm watching it. I'm like, oh, this is. But I'm also thinking to myself like, man, it's like you got mm. so much more value. You're both great performers. You didn't have to over-sexualize this, mm. especially to a family audience. It was a little bit of a, a, a turnoff. Oh, know? that's an interesting point that you're th- – because I thought it mm. – I mean, we, we're <laughs> – with the any of these shows now, it's like you know, it's been at least a decade and a half that, that we've seen this where – it's got it's more risque, more. I mean, uh, Janet Jackson's boob fell out. Yeah, you know, Britney yeah. Spears goes out one year in the all nude looking uh, outfit that mm-hmm. looked like she was naked, but she really. I mean, that's been happening now for a long time. So I didn't feel like it was. Oh, I'm. Not, I don't yeah, think it's. it's part I of felt. I see now. I got more of the other. Like, did you see like uh, there was uh, there was a point where the camera went over to the guy that was. I, I don't know who the guy was that was singing with them. I'm not familiar with the. He looked like a uh, the the Spanish singer. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't who know. That, know I, don't I don't know who that was either. But there was a there was a part where it, like the camera cuts off of uh, J Lo over to him and he slaps the camera back to her. Yeah. Like oh, yeah. I, the, uh-huh. I'm sure that was all choreographed, sure, right? To sure, put yeah. in there. So there was that. To me, there was a lot of that that was going on, and then a lot of underlining message. They, I did hear though that the. The female um, coach for the Niners, um, even though they made a small thing about it, they actually wanted to make a bigger deal about that, and she turned that down, which I thought was oh, cool. Oh, that's classy. Mm. I thought that was really classy of her yeah. that she's like, I, I didn't want it to be about me being a woman and being a coach. Like, I want to be known as being a great coach. Yeah, that's and So she had turned down, like, an interview and turned down a bunch of stuff that yeah. they wanted to do with her. They highlighted her a little bit, but... She said she didn't want to get wrapped yeah. up well, in the message. No, I, I mean, I'm watching it, and I'm sure part of this, the reason why I feel this way is I'm watching it with my kids. So here's my daughter watching it. She's 10. Yeah, I can see that. And, but, I mean, there's no nudity or whatever, but as I'm watching it, I'm thinking to myself, like, my God, the message my daughter's getting right now is that female value is sex. Sex, sexiness, hot. Um, and it's just there's no balance on the other end. And here Again, you have two very talented performers like Shakira and J-Lo, and they could have done a more classy, you know, uh, type of presentation and I get, show. You know what? I get that, though, because Craig had a video of uh, his daughter and her friend, and they were, like, two inches from the screen during the halftime show, yeah. emulating all the dance I want to see, I want my, I want to see, like, women that are smart. I like wisdom. You never see wisdom. Like, older women try to be as young as possible in media. Like, show wisdom so that when you, because everybody ages, if you're lucky, you age. Everybody ages. At some point, you're going to get older, and if you think that all your value is your youth and sexy appeal, that's a fucking terrible, you know, way to get older or whatever. Yeah. So I'm just as I'm watching, I'm like, God, my daughter right now, all she's seeing is 
Yeah, that's what that's I what mean, gets that, that's value. The, yeah, I totally, I totally agree. But I also think that that's sort of that's the the platform. That's the <laughs> the entertainment monster that you know. It's the consumers. Sort of, yeah, it's the consumers have dictated that, and they kind of want to see you know that 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 side of J Lo and in uh, Shakira and, and I don't know. It's almost like it's part of their act, you know, and they're doing that all the time. Dude, and now it's, what, it's like in the forefront. It's what we pay for, right? It's yeah. like I could have changed the channel, turned it off, or whatever. Right, well, but, I, what I was impressed with was and uh, in, in talking about intelligence i thought the commercials were intelligent yeah, this year totally i thought there was you know there might not have been the the commercial that goes viral because it was so trendy and funny or whatever but i thought the marketing was really smart there's a lot there was a lot quite a few companies that i thought did really good shit the tom brady hulu one was epic mm -hmm. and i'll tell you it's epic because tom brady's uh is up for free agency so that's the was the whole gist of that and that's like Big news right now in the sports world. Like, is Tom Brady going yeah, to re-sign with the Patriots, or is he going to explore free agency? And he opted to set his contract up this way. So they wanted to put him in a longer contract. He opted to go up for free agency for whatever reason, whether that be his agent strategy to negotiate more money, whatever. Mm -hmm. We don't, as the public, we don't know exactly. So that's the big conversation. Is it possible the Raiders will go after him? Is it possible someone else is going to acquire Tom Brady? And so Hulu does this commercial, obviously playing on that, which was brilliant. Mm -hmm. And the commercial starts off with Tom Brady saying, I have like this announcement that he wants to make. And it's like, you know, him walking through the dark tunnel. And you think like, You're waiting, he's gonna oh, yeah, you think, oh, shit, this is super, comes. super Bowl. Tom Brady's going to announce where he's going. It's going to be different. Yeah. And then he cuts to the... You know, oh, Hulu has live sports and does all that. I thought that was pretty yeah, epic. I, 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 I love the Snickers one. Oh, I didn't see that. Oh, one. it was my favorite. Because here's the thing. So like it, 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 it sort of embodied this whole like crazy woke culture, and and like there was like this pit where where they were like throwing people in, and there's like these influencers they just threw in the pit, and they're just like, you know, everybody just needs the Snickers and throw them in the Snickers pit. <laughs> no Snickers hole. Everybody needs yeah, a Snickers, Snickers hole. hole. Yeah, everybody needs a Snickers That's, hole. That's bro. I, I'm gonna start this right. So I was like, when Whenever we see stupid shit on Instagram, I'm going to just start like hashtag, hashtag Snickers hole. Yeah, throw them in the Snickers hole. <laughs> That's hilarious. Did you guys notice the trend of uh, all these luxury car brands coming out with a new electric car? Yeah, there's. Did a you lot guys of those. see that? Oh yeah, boy, yeah. that's a big. Uh, all the players, all the players Porsche, are coming out. Audi, yep, yeah, with all kinds of brand new electric vehicles. Um, boy, Dude, that Porsche looks sick. what a what a gamble uh, by uh, by Elon, and obviously is setting a trend. 100. percent He was laughed at when he came out with the with. Oh, yeah, I mean, we brought this up like shit. This was almost two years ago when I when I was talking about this. Uh, the once that happened, um, Toyota, Hyundai, Honda, like, I mean, they all dumped billions into that side. Well, the brilliance is not the electric car per se, because uh, it's how he changed the way we viewed electric cars. Because up until that point, electric vehicles were. You know, they saved gas. They were good for the environment. And they're and so ugly you had, as hell. So you had like a Prius or whatever. You know, Tesla comes out and it's like it's a performance car. Oh, and by the way, it's faster than pretty much any other car in a in a you know sixty zero to sixty or whatever. So he kind of changed the the way that we view it. And now you have these luxury brands coming out with. They're not even selling the fact that the that it's electric and better for the environment. They're selling the fact that it's fast, that it's cool, yeah. which yeah. is effective. That's yeah. effective marketing. So it's an interesting. Interesting to see. No, no, that was really good. Yeah. What'd you guys eat? Did you guys eat a oh, bunch yeah. of Super Bowl food? Did you end up with yeah, uh, heartburn I, and shit? Yeah. 
Actually, yeah. Like I, I had planned on eating, you know, and replacing some things and doing some things healthy. And actually, you know, <laughs> planned. Yeah, I planned. I mean, I had a bunch of it, but then it ended up like there was Doritos out there too, which would kind of ruin the whole thing. But I mean, originally we had like celery, we had carrots, we had you know like lots of different like uh, broccoli and vegetables all out there with like uh, those chicken wings. So I actually uh, tried out the the, the chicken wings from uh, Butcher Box. Oh, really? Yeah. How are they? So, uh, Courtney baked them, and so we put them with seasoning, everything. They're great. Oh. Yeah, they're really good. So I did you we, make them spicy or regular? How'd you make them spicy? Oh yeah, oh, with yeah the, they're with spicy the, with the buffalo sauce. No, not with the buffalo. Like a rub. Sauce. It was just like a rub. Yeah. Oh, okay. It was like a rub, and then we dipped it in this ranch dressing. And anyway, it was like fantastic. I want to try using the air fryer for the for the the butcher box wings. You guys have been talking about the air fryer. We got to get on that. Well, yeah. I mean, it's it's. I've only used it a few times, but you could. Almost get your food to feel like it's fried. Almost. Mm. It's mm -hmm. not quite, but it's got that same feel and texture and, and flavor. Yeah. And it's, uh, I mean, it's a way healthier, lower calorie <clears throat> option. Yeah. So that's for sure something I want to try putting in there, yeah. especially because it's a smaller piece of meat. You have to cook all the way through or whatever. Yeah. Sounds like a, we did the uh, pork, uh, what is it? The pork chops, which I am not, here's the deal. I am not a fan of pork. I never liked pork. Wasn't a big deal except for bacon. Yeah. Their pork chops are insane. Amazing. Yeah, Have you tried super, them? Super flavorful. No, I, I haven't done them. Yo, cast iron skillet. Jessica does them in a cast iron skillet and pours <laughs> this like butter thing that she makes for it. And it's um, it's like the tastiest meat I've ever... Uh, it's one of the tastiest oh, meats I've ever had. We, had. we did the pork butt and sous, <laughs> sous vide that. I like that. So we sous vide yeah. the pork butt while that was sous vide our appetizer that we had. Um, and I should share it because I got a ton of DMs uh, from posting a picture of it. Uh, we take these, um, the rice paper wonton, you've seen those before the, the little, they're like wonton rice paper. Can you eat them? Yeah. No, I don't know that. Yeah. Yeah. They're oh. like super thin, like, like, like hardly any calorie in them mm -hmm. whatsoever. But we, we put them in the, you know, those, what do you call Do they have half ton ones? Cause I can't eat. This <laughs> is stupid. <laughs> Sorry. I couldn't help the dad jokes. Yeah. Yeah, that's a bunch of <laughs> a psh, terrible one. Uh, they're in, we put them in those, uh, what do you call it? Uh, like a cupcake pan or a muffin pan or mm -hmm. whatever like that. Mm -hmm. And so you stick all the the one the wonton pay rice paper in there, and then we do ground turkey. We season it like taco. Oh, I saw this picture. Oh, this looked yeah, good. Yeah, 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 and then put a little bit of your favorite cheese sprinkled over it, and a little bit of cilantro or salsa over it, and they make incredible. And wait, do you bake it? Yeah, they and they, they come out of the, the the tin without sticking to the sides or whatever. Oh yeah, right out. You don't have to do oil them or anything. Nothing, really. Nothing. Oh, I'm gonna try that. Yeah, yeah. That no, sounds easy too. Yeah, it's super easy. It's mm -hmm. like one. It's like a go-to Super Bowl treat that when when Katrina and I are going somewhere, we always bring it with us because there's always the people that have the ranch dressing dip and uh, Doritos on the table, and we're <laughs> like, you know, there's got to be something healthy that we can have that tastes still pretty good. So I mean, you're really you you takes hardly for a little. Thing like that it takes hardly any cheese to give it a little bit of flavor with the the uh, mm -hmm. taco meat or the yeah. ground turkey, and then the rice paper is like next to nothing, and then a little bit of salsa on no, it. No, we They're just had the way too much food. we just had the pork chops, and then my dad is like, "I'm gonna go get some <clears throat> some tri tips." And my parents have this thing where they feel like if there's let's say five people coming over, yeah. we better prepare for fifty, you know what I mean? just <laughs> yeah. in case. Just in case we run it. There's a bus. Dude, that drops my dad else. bought pounds of massive pieces of like no joke they're like this big of uh, uh ribeyes bone in oh wow and grilled all those up my mom made tons of potatoes and <clears throat> vegetables and after we're done there's like <laughs> pounds of meat and food left yeah and my dad's like i feel like i didn't get enough and he was serious he's like i feel like we didn't have enough food to eat 
Yeah, I was supposed to have people over, dude. And they, they all went to other parties, and so it was just like me and the boys and, and Courtney, and we we had this just plethora, the smorgasbord of food, and it was like, dude, not even a quarter of it was. Uh, that's Is embarrassing. It, Your friends didn't show up. It's really embarrassing. It's kind of a sad story. I didn't want to bring it up, and my team lost. So, yeah, oh my god, it was a rough weekend. <laughs> I'll be honest friends, with you guys. All your friends didn't show up. Yeah, but I only invited two. So they texted yeah. each other. Yeah, they, like, they hey, were like. <laughs> Yeah, Are you we're, going? We're going to, uh, over here. Yeah, because yeah, uh, yeah right. they were. You know who would have showed? They up? Don't want to hang out. With you know, I would have totally I, showed up if you invited him. This guy. Yeah. Well, well, well I didn't know you had gear, bro. Yeah. Like, if I would have seen your shirt, you don't want like, bad oh, mojo. Sal, come on over. I want to know what that looks like at your house, because as far as I know, I haven't met anybody in your family that's like a big sports fan. So who's like into the game? Are you guys all watching it like confused? If it's a big no, they're <laughs> <laughs> all geared what? out. They're like, there's a flag for what? No, 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 no. I, I I know the I know the rules of football pretty damn well, and uh, my dad does too. So when but we, does anybody watch football? No, no. It's it's because it's a big cultural okay, event, so and because, it's the, okay, and it was the it. you know it's a it's a Bay Area team, and my dad he's so, part of a motorcycle group that uh it, he goes uh, riding long distance with, yeah. oh, and all those guys are huge football fans. So yeah, now my dad's like, and everything? <laughs> yeah, they have they have matching T-shirts, <laughs> yeah, or whatever. So uh, so then at your house, is it more about the event and celebrating and being with family and eating and not really huddled around the TV? And so like the games like on, but you guys are more correct, like, okay, correct. So, so you're more like hanging out, talk. So my house, it's is, on in the background. My house is different. It's, yeah, like, it's like nobody says shit. I, I had my headphones on so I didn't get distracted by <laughs> oh, any wow. baby I'm sitting up you know like in there the whole time my phone's with my thread with my buddies that were talking shit at every single oh part. I was talking so like shit on my phone the whole time it was funny because uh <sighs> like my kids were getting really into it you know and so they're like just yelling things like just just like if there was hype at all or like somebody was no we gotta win the game you know, like all around like shh like I'm trying to like listen and watch the game, like the details, like just don't just yell to yell, you know. But I, I had to appreciate that they're like excited. No, and, and this is what it's like in my family. It's on the background. We're all talking, whatever, and then something big happens, and then my mom will be like, "Oh my god, look at this commercial!" <laughs> <laughs> and then we'll all be quiet to laugh at the to watch the commercial, the Alexa commercial. <laughs> Did you have a favorite commercial? Uh, I, I, I like the Alexa one. Uh, I figured you would love the Rick and Morty one. Oh, Rick and oh, Morty. Yeah, Rick and Morty is great. Rick yeah, and Morty because that was pretty. That was pretty original. That was a Pringles. I thought it was clever uh, tied. They, and they did a smart chain of commercials. Oh, yeah. I, lo I love that. That was hilarious. Yeah, I yeah. thought that was interesting. Tide did something with uh, Bud Light. That's what it was. Bud Light. Yeah. They they did something together. And then one other one that I see where they co- there was a couple co-branded commercials. Yeah. yeah. I, I wonder if they're still getting their their money <clears throat> two million. worth. Is it two million per- Two million per 30 seconds. For 30 seconds. For yeah. 30 seconds. And I read an article, actually- about uh, startups that did it. So in the 2000... Oh, I saw a couple. That's right. So in the 2000-something, 2000 2001 or two or whatever, somewhere around there, it was a become a thing where startup companies were starting to take, you know, allocating $2 million towards these commercials. And all but like one of them are actually don't exist anymore. Mm. So it's not a very good investment uh, for startups. I feel like it's a, it's a no. better investment for a national brand. Like if you're that big and you just want- Brand awareness. Yes, yeah. then I, I could see it being a value. Otherwise, I don't see how you would recoup your $2 million investment if you're a smaller company 
And yeah. it's not one of those. It's just such a big yeah, investment. Beer companies and soda companies. Yeah, that's about it. Exactly. I just don't. I just Doritos. Don't see it. Yeah, yeah, it's it's to me. It's even more like it is. It's more like a. I mean, it's obviously it's a total brand awareness play. It's not a you know, hey, we spent two million dollars. Hopefully today we have a spike. Right. But if you do something clever that gets people to like, I told you guys that mayhem commercial one. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, they saw they saw millions of people go over to their website like immediately, yeah. mm. and then it spiked for like the next month or whatever. So, you know, if you hit like something out the park with like a viral commercial that actually drives a ton of traffic, but I mean, the odds of that have to be like oh, super yeah. low, and you yeah. got to take a massive risk, you right. know, like with the writing of everything. Yeah. Exactly. Anyway, did you guys see all the, uh, was it the hoopla going on with Rogan? With Joe yeah. Rogan? I was yeah. just hear about listening this? to My that. uncle texted me, but I just, it was around Bernie Sanders stuff, right? Yeah. Isn't that what it is? Because so he I endorsed him? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I didn't read anything about it, but I listened to like one of his latest episodes. He was kind of talking about it and like how, you know, like the, the left was like, like really attacking his character now all of a sudden because of like some statements he's made about uh, trans people in sports and, and like his stance on that, that trans athlete that went into, uh, the UFC or was it UFC no, or was it uh, MMA MMA Fallon just, Fox yeah Fallon Fox so his whole stance on that and like you know like it's uncomfortable watching uh, it, mainly because like he didn't disclose that he used to be a man right mm-hmm. and and then went in fighting as a woman against women and, and it just looked like you know a man fight did you woman. watch those fights I did not I did oh and, you did yes I have <laughs> and it's somebody with no skill fighting skilled fighters but winning because they're just overpowered the fuck out of them. Yeah, bigger, stronger, and more violent. It was. Uh, it's not. It's not easy to watch. It looks. It doesn't look good. Yeah. Uh, I look. I agree. I, I haven't listened to everything Rogan said about trans athletes, and I don't know if he if he talks about it with any couth. You know, he's he's kind of rough sometimes the way he says yeah. things. But I agree with this. The, the I do think that in certain sports, it's a it's a huge advantage, uh, especially if you've gone through puberty as your biological sex and then you switch over or you competed as your as your biological space in the sport that you then transition and then compete against the you no know the, question yeah yeah i, I, I mean agree. it's like we're living in reality like yeah. that, there's definitely that is is a factor and, and i think that's that's just been his stance the whole time i've listened and he's been very consistent about you know his stance with that and like very accepting and uh it, not like transphobic necessarily like just just more like in sports like this is you know a plus b like like what are we doing here like we have to like still live in reality with yeah. this now he's under fire because he's supporting bernie and then bernie supporters are like no don't support bernie because we don't like you because of the statements you've made yes right something like that yeah they're the, oh my gosh again they're eating each other you know, at this point, like they, they don't want his endorsement. He doesn't want it. And he, he was in a weird position where he's like, I didn't want to like, you know, be the face or poster boy mm-hmm. for like endorsing. He's like, I was just like throwing that out there. Like, hey, I had him on the show. I liked him, whatever. I like what he has to say. And then same thing with Tulsi Gabbard and all that. And he's like, I was just like, I like where they're coming from. That was it. You know, I'm not like your guy to like get you all the votes. If you listen to Rogan enough, it sounds very much like he's a socially liberal but fiscally conservative person. So it doesn't make sense to me that he would support Bernie Sanders because Bernie Sanders is socially liberal but also liberal with his economics. He's a big government, wants to you know socialize big big segments of the market. Right? Doesn't make any sense. It feels like Rogan is making more of a political play, like. Okay, I know you guys listen to my podcast. I have a lot of 
people who may be not happy with someone. So I'm going to support somebody to make it seem like you know I'm okay, I'm cool with this side over here. Oh, <laughs> you think so? It feels like that because either that or he's really confused because cause, yeah, I just don't I don't think okay. he's yeah that versed in, in the economics of it. You know, yeah, his I of it. I yeah I feel or I get the sense he just said something, and when you get that big, this is what happens. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, it's mm-hmm. one of the things you just got to be careful with when you have a platform that massive is that you make a statement like oh hey I like somebody and exactly it's like, boom next thing I get is a million people quick real quick yeah. are gonna I think he's just now realizing his reach is so much bigger than he even anticipated like anything he says could be like turned into a, a movement oh you know? it's it's crazy he's got a lot of influence and that right there just shows it and, but I think it's so funny you got a guy that big with that much influence and power and then you have the support someone but then his that person's supporters are like no, he's not pure enough. You're never going to find somebody pure enough to support your guy Ugh. if you always if you put the people through that same kind of scrutiny. It's going to be impossible. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why I think they're going to self-destruct. You know, I, know. I, I, I really do. It's going to be interesting to yeah. watch this all like Dude. unfold in front of our eyes. This election is going to be so ugly. And what does it really start ramping up, Sal? Oh, right now it's starting to kick up. All right, oh, it will. Yeah, It'll and, start really- yeah Bernie's uh, surging right now. He's he's getting up there with Biden for the Democrat, uh, be the to, to be the nominee for the Democrat Party. Although I do not think the Democrats will allow that the mainstream, you know, uh, people in control of that party. Will allow Bernie to win that nomination. I do not think they already fucked with him the last month. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't think, and it, you know why? Because he's an outright socialist. He's got a lot of stuff that he he supported. You know, uh, Cuba going, you know, communist. He's made some <clears throat> stuff, said some stuff in the past that's very anti kind of American. And um, I don't think he has a chance to win, or at least that maybe that's their view. So I think that they'll shut him down somehow. They'll find a way to fuck him so that he can't. Compete and then Biden. I, my money's. I think Biden's going to win the nomination, hundred well, percent. I, I saw the the Bloomberg commercials during the. Uh, he's he's, he's rising hard. Yeah, right he, now yeah, money. Yeah, he spent some money on the the Super Bowl commercials, so mm-hmm. he's he's trying to still fight. Is he even in it at all? I mean, what's what's happened with him? They are allowing him at the next uh, debate, which I think is funny, <laughs> because he's not polling well. And yet he's allowed, so his money did something. He's I just think, trying to buy his way up to the front. I think he did. I yeah. think he definitely did uh, buy himself up. And it's funny because he's the opposite of what they want, to, what they kind of stand for. He's a billionaire, you know, white guy. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I don't know. It'll Aren't be, they all? I, Who's not a billionaire yeah, in that right. circle? Yeah. I know. Well, that's, I, it's hilarious. That's, or, it is funny. Or hundreds of millions at least. Yeah, well, you can't I can't even compete otherwise. I told you that was a thing that I when I saw the one little debate that I saw, a Democratic debate. And it turned it into like just a mudslinging thing over who's, you know, who's less rich. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It was hella funny, dude. I'm less privileged. Things get funny when you see the the parties uh, try to uh, beat each other over their their base because the base is extreme. So like if the when the Republicans are doing it, it's like. I'm more American than you. <laughs> I'm, oh, yeah. I'm more I'm more Christian than you. I'm more poor. Yeah, you yeah. know, it's 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 just funny to watch those two sides. I speaking of uh, of silliness. I belong to a lot of uh, groups on Facebook. I've talked about this on the podcast. How it's, it's a phenomenal way to get information. People always ask me where I get my articles and studies. And a lot of them are in these groups, different groups. I belong to economic ones. I belong to Did you see that commercial ones. for Facebook? Yes, I saw With that. All the, the specialty groups? Yep. It was pretty rad. Facebook is promoting groups yeah. that you can go and belong to all these different groups. And I think they're brilliant. Again, I love going on there because like, I belong to this neuroscience group, right? And on this group, in this group, people will post studies that are related to neuroscience. And then in the comments... 
the people debating typically are pretty smart about that subject. Some of them are even experts in the subject because that's why they belong to the group. And I learn more because I can see them discussing and debating, right? So that's yeah. why I do this. And I almost never comment unless I want to hash something out and want to learn more or, or I feel like I want to see if my opinion stands the test of debate or whatever. So this guy posts this article in this neuroscience group, and it's this article on how the vegan diet may actually cause cognitive decline in some people. So it's a, it's a neuroscience group, group. It's an article saying vegan diets may actually reduce cognitive performance. And in the article, they pull up really – there was really only one study that they referenced that they said was the best uh, evidence they have. And it was a study done on children. I don't remember where they were. I want to say it was in Africa. And they fed one group of children a vegan diet and another group of children a diet that included meat. And the group that included meat had consistently scored higher in, uh, in, in cognitive performance. And then when they fed the, the kids who had the vegan diet meat, they saw their sc scores go up. So the whole article talks about lack of choline in the vegan diet, creatine uh, in the vegan diet, B12, and that kind of stuff, right? So yeah. it's, a, it's a cool article. So the guy posts it, and did he get uh, hammered? By dude, a couple of there radicals? were vegans. There were vegans in the group that that went that went nuts, and uh, so they started attacking yeah. him because he posted an article with studies. And it's like, okay, well, let's talk about the whatever. Let me guess that he went right to his character. Oh, they were, and so I'm, I, you know, this is n closer to my expertise. We're not talking neuroscience; we're talking diet, right? Yeah, so I'm yeah. like, I got to say something. <laughs> so I get on there and I start. You know, rattling back like, well, here's the deal, and you know, diets can be quite individual. Next thing you know, man, I'm getting fucking. They are ripping me, dude. <laughs> Just venom oh, coming out. Oh, bad. You know, like, well, what's your what are you doing? And so I told him what I did. Like, oh, well, yeah, you make money off selling me. I'm like, actually, I don't. And here's the deal. And. We're going back and forth, and it was just it, it went from science, a group of people interested in science, to a bunch of back and forth slinging over diet, over diet. It was crazy. One lady's like, "Oh well, you know, you saying that eating meat is anti-inflammatory. I know you're already full of shit." And I'm like, "Well, here's a couple studies showing populations where it's <laughs> it's anti-inflammatory to eat a keto diet or eat meat or whatever." And no, they don't want to hear that shit. I thought I was in a totally different group. I'm like, oh, I'll just show some studies. We'll have a good discussion. <laughs> this is a smart group. No, you know, dude. There, there were, won't be any of this. They were coming after yeah, right. me, dude. It was great. Was this yesterday? Or when this was, was yesterday yeah. for like an hour and a half. I was going back and forth, and I was like, oh, shit. It's no different in this group than oh, it is man. in some of the other ones. <laughs> anyway. So, so tribal. But I tell you what, dude. If you want to learn about a subject, uh, and if you want to strengthen your opinion or test your opinion, go on, sign up for these groups, and- discuss with people try to obviously refrain from being a jerk because they'll kick you out and you'll the more you'll learn more stuff in that than than anywhere else no it's you got me doing that now so are you following groups yeah now? i'm not i don't think i'm as active as you are like i, I don't i still don't use the facebook platform anywhere near as i do like instagram mm -hmm. i mean none of them did i use and the only reason why i use inter, uh, instagram more than anything else is because it's where we have the most interaction mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. otherwise i wouldn't even be on the platforms it's just it seems like it just sucks my day away oh uh, you know i like facebook more than instagram specifically because of that because i learn more from facebook so i'll I was spend to join a jedi fencing academy yeah i don't know how much Group. you're gonna learn there yeah. besides the fact that <laughs> you guys are getting laid yeah uh oh here's something that they posted Perry, in a, that, I thought, that i thought was really cool that i also commented on hmm. so somebody posted an article that showed that different forms of exercise have different effects on the brain, different uh, neurological effects. So I'm going to read uh, some of the article. It's pretty cool. So a new study shows for the first time that low and high, in, high 
exercise intensities differentiate di- affect the brain differently. So high intensity exercise versus low intensity exercise both have benefits for the brain, but both of them have different kinds of benefits. They discovered that low intensity exercise triggers brain networks involved in cognitive control or cognition control and attention processing. Mm. High intensity exercise activated networks Reactive. involved involved in effective emotion processing. So mm. what does that mean, right? Cognitive control is the process by which goals or plans influence behavior. So this is executive control. So this this process in, inhibits automatic responses and influences working memory. Mm. Uh, it supports flexible adaptive responses and complex goal-directive thoughts. So that's that's low-intensity exercise. High-intensity exercise, the emotional processing is the ability of people to process stress and other extreme events and move past them. Mm-hmm. How cool is that? Now, this is I, I observed this training clients where they would tell me that hef, living, lifting heavy weights, which is considered high-intensity exercise, made them feel more strong in their lives. Like they could handle more stressful well, situations. This more is emotionally all, balanced. This yes. is also what makes the case for somebody who is training for athletic performance mm-hmm. to lean on this type of training more often than somebody who is just a typical person who's trying to be healthy and in shape. Like – uh, it it ha- it carries more weight. Why you be? Why you might push an athlete to failure more often, or do hit type of training, or do that because of the mental resiliency mm-hmm. that they're going to get from that, which then applies to their sport. Right? How many times mm-hmm. are you going to be in a game mm-hmm. where you're fatigued, you're tired, you want to quit? You got to push, and you got to push through that. It's not about what's healthiest for the body. It's not about what's going to build the most muscle or give you the best athletic performance so much as it is Whoa. what's going to give you the mental resiliency to push through that. This is, uh, this is also what I see wrong with our space yeah. because we aspire to be like athletes so much and we see the way that they train and we think that, oh, I should train this way because so-and-so athlete works out this way. Well, his goals are, are, are different and the reason why we train an athlete like that is different than somebody who's trying to get results right. in the gym. Well, the best athletes, I mean, the examples are the ones that stay calm in, in the most like intensive situations. Oh, yeah. And, and uh, obviously to be able to train in a way where you can, you know, maintain emotional balance uh, through all that stuff is essential. But yeah, to your point, it, like your average person, uh, you know, really doesn't need to take all that on mm-hmm. like as frequently as an athlete. Well, two things. One is that intensity is individual. So what's considered high intensity for one person is low intensity for someone else. And number two, I don't care what kind of exercise you do, it has to be applied appropriately because you're not going to get any benefit if you overdo any form of exercise. But if you do it appropriately, if you do it the right way, you apply it uh, that the way it should be applied to your individual body, uh, intense exercise like resistance training, I think has more value in the modern life from a mental standpoint because like we just saw in this study, the low intensity stuff, it's good for the executive functioning. Like, oh, it gets me to think smoothly and all that stuff and think about things in the right way. But what really are the challenges with modern life? It's 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 handling everything. Mm-hmm. I got all this shit going on. How do I deal with this stressful thing? How do I move past this without killing myself with anxiety and fear and all that stuff, which is growing in modern populations? Resistance training trains the brain to be able to process these things more effectively. And I used to get that feedback from clients all the time, mm-hmm. all the time, where they tell me, man, you know, it's like because I lift heavy with you, 
I don't get as stressed out with the kids or my, my deadlines at work don't freak me out like they used to. Well, don't you feel part of that? Like part of our problem is people just aren't doing hard enough shit. You know, like they're out there just like, you know, finding problems and everything. And they're not really like pursuing things that really challenge them every day. Mm, and it puts things in perspective too, doesn't it? Like yeah. if you go out and you go, you do a, a 72 hour fast or you go do some kind of hard camping trip and then you come back all of a sudden, you know, sitting in traffic doesn't seem as, as stressful. You know right. what I mean? It's like, ah, eh, it's not a big deal. Things are a little bit in, in perspective. So anyway, it's pretty interesting. Well, Justin, to your point, I, I think that it's just natural that we default to the easiest path always, right? Sure. I mean, that's, and as we evolve, we continue to make things easier for us. So we are, that's like- Which is not a bad thing necessarily, but right. I, we forget that there's value and challenge. Well, there's a dark side to that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that's also why, I mean, we made the case why things like OCR have exploded. People because, feel it, they need it. Yeah, it, and it's subconsciously. It's I, I doubt that even- half of the people that sign up for those courses even actively know why they're drawn to it. They're they just drawn know it to makes it. them feel alive. Right. They're drawn to it because it makes them feel alive. They're missing that in their everyday life, yeah. and there's something about that when they go through it. So I would, I would make the argument that probably uh, a majority of those people don't even realize it. And I think mm -hmm. we're going to see more and more of it because things are getting yeah. easier and easier mm -hmm. for us. Mm -hmm. So it's only a matter of time before you know, driving is of the past. Mm -hmm. You know, that the, I know, right? I mean, that's like one of the toughest things you got to do. You don't right? have to think anymore. When you, <laughs> yeah, you know? dude. It's it getting, just takes that, you where you want. Getting to that just point. Float around. Well, well speaking of the brain, uh, I made some other uh, interesting observations. I, I, you know, you guys know I have my kids wear the Felix Gray daytime blue light blocking glasses when they do homework because mm -hmm. they're doing everything in front of a screen now. It's always in front of a computer. Mm -hmm. So my son will literally be in front of his computer. If I'm not even counting school time, he'll be in front of it for at least three or four hours every single day studying or doing homework. Mm -hmm. My daughter will be on there for 45 minutes uh, to an hour. So, so my son more so than my daughter, much more, right? So I have him wear the glasses every single time. And you know, he, they, they spend uh, one week at my house and one week at their mom's house left his glasses at his mom's house. But when he, but up until then, he'd been using them very consistently because he's always had them with him. Didn't have them with him, that's fine. Doing his homework. And he's like, I can't focus as well. I don't, I can't, I, 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 he's taking more breaks. He, he has to get off the screen, come downstairs. It's taking him longer to do his homework. Mm -hmm. Finally, his mom stopped by to bring my daughter something, brought the glasses, he put them on. And he's like, he, he tells me, he goes, Papa, he goes, I can concentrate better. Yeah. And I think it's because, and he tells me it's because his, his eyes and his head don't feel as fatigued yeah. because less it's, it's, yes, less strain. So the irritability factor to that too, like I, my oldest will have earned a certain amount of time where he can play, you know, on, on the phone and uh, like it plays like Roblox or whatever, because, uh, you know, that's just one of his things. He's always like honest, like, could I please? And it's like, you know, if he's been active all day, he's been doing all this stuff and he's he got his homework done. He, so anyway, so he's playing for like uh, 20 minutes and then it times up and, and it, depending on whether or not he's wearing those glasses is completely stark. Like you could tell right away, like his behavior, but like it's like ripping off a bandaid and it's like, ah, like mm. super angry if not. And then it, otherwise, like he's actually pretty cool about it. And I'm like, this is interesting. This quaz brought to you by Organifi. 
For those days you fall short on getting your organic veggies or whole food nutrition, Organifi fills the gap with laboratory-tested certified organic superfoods to help give your health and performance the added edge. Try Organifi totally risk-free for 60 days by going to Organifi.com. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com. And use the coupon code MINDPUMP for 20% off at checkout. First question is from Dance Girl. I know a full range of motion is best, but is there ever an appropriate time to incorporate partials? What are the benefits of doing partial reps? Yeah, it's a good question because mm, we talk so, quarter squats. so often about how your full range of motion that you own is the best range of motion to train in. But when you watch uh, high-level athletes uh, lifting weights, um, like if you watch basketball players doing, right. you know, they'll do quarter squats. They'll do uh, trap bar deadlift from an elevated position. Um, there's value because in, that, in those because they're training specifically for a range of motion they're going to be in using the most power and the most performance in during their yeah. game. Maximizing and generating power where they're most likely to do it. And you know, that's not necessarily in the, the bottom position of a squat. That's right. And, and now it's not to say they don't do full range of motion training. But when you're at that level, partial rep training can be beneficial because you can specifically target yeah. a range and it's of motion risk versus that reward. That's right. That's yeah. right. Because it's less risky, right? It requires less stability. Right. The other way I would use partial reps is, and what I mean by partial reps is not going through the full range of motion, is when I'm training someone who's hypermobile. Mm. Um, and I haven't had a lot of clients like this, but I have had a few where they're just they're they don't lift weights. They come and hire me. Their their joints are lax. They nope. have you know they're super hyper flexible, and I don't push them as low as I can. I stop them short and have them create tension to try and make themselves stronger before we even attempt to go into the, the deeper ranges of motion. You know, this is uh, this is something I feel like is is being discussed uh, on social media a lot right now. In fact, mm -hmm. I was just I was reading a, a, a tweet that. Uh, Smitty just posted out. I saw uh, Eugene Tao talking about something the other day. PJ Performance. I, I saw and... Shallow talking about mm -hmm. something the other day. PJ Performance. There's this, uh, and it's and it's a good question for us to to address, like where we stand on on this conversation, because I think that um, I don't want to draw a line in the sand of you know, oh, we're we are a team ass to grass squats, and that's how everybody should be squatting and. You know, there's there's going to be exceptions to the rule, and there's going to be a major individual variance by everybody that you train. So, um, the goal for me when training a client that doesn't have specific needs, like an athlete, like a bat, like an NBA basketball player, if I'm training that person, you're you're the one percent of the one percent. So I'm not talking. I'm talking about the general population. I'm training. How do I decide if I'm going to squat with them? to just 90, a little bit below 90, or ass to grass. And that is the, if they have the capability to go there. And a lot of people, because they hear us talk about and promote deep squatting, assume that, oh, that means everybody should just go and deep squat after listening to us talk about it. And the reality is some people haven't done the prerequisites to get to a really good deep squat. Sure, they can get there, but their mechanics are awful getting down there, and they're risking more by injuring themselves by doing that. So the end goal is to be able to do an ass-to-grass squat if you're general pop. It doesn't mean that you should be doing one right away. It means that the goal is to be able to do one with really good form 
And if you are doing a really good squat down to 90, and then as you get deeper into 90, sure, you can still do it, but form breaks down, you don't have any business doing it yet. Your goal then should be to work on mobilizing things like most likely the hips, thoracic mobility, ankle mobility, addressing the areas that you lack mobility in, and that's why the form doesn't look pretty at the bottom of the squat. You want a, you want a pretty squat. If you're going to ask to grass, you want to have a pretty squat. And so there's this big debate of should you or should you not uh, between all these coaches and trainers that are out there. And the reality is that Everybody should try and work towards taking a joint through its fullest range of motion. That is what's going to benefit us the most long term. Now, as coaches and trainers, I have to assess somebody and and decide, are they ready for that full range of motion right now? And, And when I assess them, some people are, a lot of people are not. That doesn't mean that I want it to justify them doing partial reps or not going through full range of motion because they can't right now. It's okay. We can't do it safely yet right now. My goal now is to give you the tools to work towards that. Yeah, because I think you need to specify like what that means when you say you know we want to use the fullest range possible or the or to their capacity. That doesn't mean that, okay, if I can get to the bottom of a squat, then that means I do a full range of motion squat. So that's not what we mean. Because a lot of people listening may, may say to themselves, oh, cool, let me just go and see how low I can go. And then, oh, that means that's the bottom of my squat. No. When we say capacity, what we mean is use the fullest range of motion that you have complete control over, not the fullest range of motion, period. So most people can't don't have full control and stability in perfect form all the way down. Most people break down mm-hmm. once they get to a certain point. Then the goal is to increase that range of motion with control, which takes time, which takes mobility work, which takes correctional exercise work. That's the goal. Now, what do the studies show? The studies show that if you want to gain the most, if you want to gain the widest spectrum of strength and you want to build more muscle or more muscle effectively, full range is superior to partial range, all things being equal. In other words, full range with good control versus partial ranges with good control. In fact, years ago, and I want to say it was in the 90s, there was this bodybuilding book that came out, and I can't remember the name of it. It had uh, Paul DeMeo on the cover, who was a, as a, as a late bodybuilder. They called him Quadzilla back in the day. And the, 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 goal, the, the book was selling partial rep training. And this theory was, hey, full range of motion – is good, but partial rep training is better because you can use so much more weight. So it's like a full range of motion squat with 250 pounds is better than a 250-pound partial rep squat. But what you want to do is overload the partial rep. Then you're using 400 pounds, and because of all that overload that's on the muscle, you're going to build more muscle. Okay, that book was published. A lot of people bought it. A lot of people tested it, and what they found was doesn't work. It actually doesn't work at all. You, full range of motion – uh, is superior even with lighter loads for building more muscle. And again, that wide spectrum, wide ranging type of strength. And again, when we're talking about the average person, I'm trying to prepare them to be strong in the most full ways possible. We're not specifically training for a sport. I'm not trying to get yeah. you to, you know, be you know the best at one particular thing. I'm trying to get you really good generally because that's the best for longevity. There's so many individual variances that yep. you, you need to consider. And, uh, I mean, like when talking about athletes, uh, in general for me, like they build compensations that that's like really what an athlete does is, 
is, you know, like build these patterns and, and, and hone in and fashion these patterns to get better and better at these very specific movements that they apply to their sport. And, you know, a lot of times you try and train to, to have carryover for that, for general strength and for, for power output. But that in terms of the actual mechanics and power output, uh, you know, there are like more advantageous ranges to, to work with. And so that's why you will see maybe some shortened, uh, you, you know, levered squats or shortened uh, angular uh, movements that, that that might actually have more benefit to that specific athlete. Well, and I think it's when we're talking about things like partial reps, I think that, you know, and this reminds me of like Eugene Tao's post that I wanted to comment on um, about the leg press. Um, and what I love about Eugene is there's a lot of things that he says that I think is counter to a message that we tend to present on the podcast. Yet when he presents the information, uh, the the application behind how he presents it matters so much. Mm. For example, he was making the case like how valuable the leg press is. And but when he's talking about how he utilizes it, towards the end of a workout after he's done heavy compound lifting and his muscles are fatigued, it allows him to push without that the risk of really hurting himself doing something like a more you know challenging exercise like a squat or something else that's more complex. And so the, and here we are guys who's talking about oh the leg press is terrible. Well yeah, for the most part, for the average person who hasn't even learned how to squat very well, a less risky way to build volume in your in your workouts. Exactly, and yeah. that and that's was his case that he's making, and I can agree with that. Even though we're the same guys that will turn around and say like, ah, leg pressing for most people, you should spend most of your time learning how to. Just because we know how long it takes to learn how to squat really well, the benefits that you'll get just from working towards that, and the average person. Are you really consistent? Are you even consistent long enough to be great at squatting and great at everything else in the gym? No. So, yeah, I understand where we're, where he's coming from, and I also understand where we're coming from. I think that's important that people always are, are careful about when they when they get into questions like this and they want to divide the fitness space up and, oh, these people are pro this, these people are anti that. Listen, everything that we've ever heard of, of like different training tools, there's a place for it. There's a place for training a failure. There's a place for a leg. There's a place for a Smith machine. There's a place a place for leg press. When you hear us talk about these topics on this show, I'm always thinking about GP. I'm always thinking of the general population, the people that I saw day in and day out for two decades. And what a, the information that I provide is, I'm trying to to give them the most value as possible. I am not trying to... And long-term benefits. Right. I am not trying to make an argument with some other very intelligent person in our space and say, he's wrong, I'm right, or she's wrong, I'm right. I don't give a shit about that. I don't give a shit about drawing a line in the sand about modalities and who... I'm trying to think of what I've been training my entire career, and I've got a fucking ton of people to pull from as examples of... When you teach this, this is what normally happens, and I care about helping the majority, not the small one yeah. percent of people that might find it's like, value. It's in something. like debating the 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 you know the performance benefits of the bathing suit that you wear when you go swimming. When you're talking to a bunch of people mm -hmm. who aren't swimming, need to learn how to swim, right. or are not Olympic level swimmers. Right. Great point. It makes no sense. It doesn't make any sense to debate that because why? What's that going to do for you? It's not going to help you. Um, so partial rep training. Uh, you know, for aside from correctional purposes, um, I, there's not a ton of value for the average person. For mm -hmm. for athletes at super high levels, there's a lot of potential value. Now, if, what about single joint movements, like in comparison to compound movements? For for partial repetitions, yeah. 
from a correctional exercise standpoint, I can see potential benefit. But, you know, partial rep move, I mean, partial on a single joint, single joint movements typically you can use a fuller range of motion with them, and you can get a stretch. Uh, well, a, 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 a as an interrupter, I would say. Well, a, a bodybuilder chasing the pump. If you're programming well and you're in a hypertrophy phase, and all your your desired outcome is to just get a massive pump, partial sure. reps will do that. It's very it gets the similar benefits as like blood occlusion. Mm -hmm. yeah. So there's there is a person in a category where in a time. Or okay, that can make sense. Right. Have I have I ever done a you know small pumping bicep curls or tricep pushdowns? Because that's what I'm looking for right there. I already lifted the heavy sure. weight before. Now I'm trying to do is to pump as much blood as I possibly can in this muscle, feel that burn, and then I'm out of there because I'm looking for sarcoplasmic hypertrophy. That's the benefit I want. But again, to the point we're trying to make for the average person, yeah. It's you know, very short-term benefit, yeah, if and, any. And little, and very, yeah, very little, little. Very, very, very little splitting hair type of argument. Most people should be sticking to the basics, getting better at the basics, trying to break down why they can't do the basics to the fullest range of motion, working towards that. Those things are going to still build tons of muscle for you, tons of benefit, tons of body fat you're going to burn because of that. And when you think of longevity, that wins yeah. for sure. Next question is from Chase Mancia. One. If my diet isn't super dialed in, for example, not getting enough protein, it feels like the gym isn't worth it. Should I still make a point to go? Yeah, totally. You should definitely. Yeah, always worth it. Yeah, that's the all or nothing mentality, yeah. which prevents more people from not doing anything than I can think of. I used, I used to do this, though. Mm. I, I, I mean, I have to admit this. This, is, this was um, my MO, as, even as a trainer. Um, I used to have this attitude of like, ah, if I'm not dialed nutritionally, then- why, and a, a lot of that came from because I, I I knew how quick I could change my physique when I dialed everything in. If my nutrition was on point, I was training really well, I could really alter my physique. And so I kind of had this attitude of all or nothing. Either I'm in it all the way, and if I'm not, then I'm doing other things. And for me, it was okay. I was managing my quote-unquote health because if I wasn't training, I was playing basketball. I was snowboarding. I was wakeboarding. So you're like, I'm active. I was active. Right. And so I just wasn't focused on building my aesthetics. And so I would justify this, ah, diet's whack. I'm not lifting weights right now. I don't care because I'm not really going to build the maximum amount of muscle. I'm not going to sculpt my physique the way I want. I'm playing sports. I'm doing these things. And so I, now that I'm older, it's totally different. I have the complete opposite approach that something is better than nothing always and sometimes, even if my diet is whack, just coming in and getting a good squat session in and knowing like the benefits of keeping my hips strong and mobile, keeping working on the mobility work that I'm trying to do, keep practicing that movement that is that technical and trying to improve it. There's so many other benefits other than am I building the most amount of muscle possible because my diet is or is not in check? Yeah, it's like, um, I mean, you can think about it a couple different ways. One way is, okay, if my diet's bad, um, not exercising is making everything worse. So I'm just making a bad situation much worse by now not being uh, active. The second way you can look at it is this. Look, when you exercise appropriately, you don't have to change your diet at all you're still sending a signal that says build muscle. You're still positively influencing your metabolism and your hormones and your health just by working out. Now, of course, it's ideal to have a great diet with a great exercise plan. Of course, that's ideal. But not doing one does not completely negate the benefits of the other. Uh, it's they're, 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 they're best together, but they're also good alone. 
That's the bottom line. I, I'll tell you what, the vast majority of my clients that I trained towards the back half of my career when I became a really, really effective trainer were, was just like this for a long time. Well, they yeah. would come see me. They would train with me two or three days a week. That's what you had to work with. And they didn't fix their diet because the diet was the hardest part. It always is. Yeah. And I didn't hammer them like I did early on because I knew it was a slow process. So I'd be training people for a year, two years, three years without them dialing in diet at all. All we're doing is exercising. And here's what happened during that two-year period of me working them out. They got stronger, they healthier, got, hormones balanced. Yeah, all they those can move out. better. They yeah. felt better. And all of that actually contributes significantly to then starting to eat better later on. Yeah. So then little by little, they naturally wanted to change their diet because they just felt better from the exercise. And all of them became permanent with their approach to exercise and nutrition. This attitude of if I'm not doing if I'm not doing one, I'm not doing the other one is the all or nothing approach, and yeah. it's all that's literally what your whole routine is going to look like. It's either all or nothing. Yeah, whichever one comes naturally, easier that, that that's a healthy habit that you're already doing. I mean, keep going with that. I've actually met uh, one of my clients was really you know dialed in nutritionally, but just was not into the movement side of it, and that was like I'm like great, like let's keep like fashioning in on that, and we'll keep building like very slowly and get you comfortable with, you know, because wasn't very familiar with the fact that, you know, there was a burn element to it. You know, there was these other components like she wasn't very familiar with. But, uh, you know, again, like you don't want to you don't want to squash any momentum going in the right direction, I think. No, no. And it, this reminds me, too, when I would uh, train salespeople uh, back in the day and they'd say things to me like, uh, well, what's the use if I go out and talk to those people over there? They don't look like they're interested or I'm not super well-versed yet or whatever. And the thing that I would say to them is you have, you going out and talking to people, is is your, the percentage that, that you'll succeed is ho much higher than you not doing anything. You sitting here, it's 100% you're not going to get any new sales or new leads. You going out there, even if you suck and most of the people you talk to you are not interested, it's more than zero. Your percent increase is more than zero. So if everything's shitty mm -hmm. and you're exercising, it's better than if you weren't. So definitely do something. And in fact, that's the long-term approach mm -hmm. to health and fitness. The long-term approach that is successful, that I've always seen to be far more successful, is taking exactly that type of an approach. Right. Something yeah. is better than A nothing. bird in the hand, better than two in the bush. Boom. Yeah. Old school. Next question <laughs> is from Aaron O'Donohoe Davis. What exercise or exercises would you recommend if the back squat is not an option? I, I love lunges. Lunges and all the varieties. Yeah, I would say Bulgarian split, split squat. squats. Oh, yeah. yeah. For I, sure. I would say the lunge is and the varieties, the different versions of lunges. Oh, it's fantastic oh, exercise. Oh, it's it's uh it's right up there with the squat. Um well, you it really can, is a single leg squat, is it's what it, it is. Right? The front leg is doing the same thing it would do in a normal squat. Uh it's just different because you split your stance. Maybe it's easier on the back for you. Um, it was an exercise that I had people do before I'd have them learn how to squat. So when I get older clients or whatever, I'd have them hold on to something for balance and I'd put like thick pads down so that they didn't have to kneel so low. And I'd tell them, kneel on the pad, stand up. And I was just teaching them how to lunge and that's the way I got them uh, to be able to do a squat. You could even make the argument that functionally speaking, lunges are superior to a squat. I've heard I, people make that argument and, and yeah, it's pretty compelling. I've heard the argument and I've also like, I, I, a bit like in the beginning when I have somebody for the first time, I tend to lean more towards lunges than I do an actual squat. And reason being is there's just a lot of stability and there's a lot of work like in a split stance where 
I feel there's so much value to that to where if, if we can hone in on the mechanics of a lunge first and, and get, you know, the hips and the knees and everything in the right position and then build the, the strength and stability there at the same time and then apply that now to both feet. I feel like a lot of times I've had, a, a, you know, a better uh, response than going into a squat. Oh, yeah. It's the second I would say I build muscle. I build almost as much muscle doing uh, lunge type movements as I do uh, with back squats. I it's 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 right up there near the top. So if you can't do a back squat for whatever reason, you're not missing a lot by doing the split stance exercises, which I think are perfect. Uh, yeah, I do. I do want to say though too, um, we're giving I think good generic advice. Uh, the real question would be like why? Right? Why can't you squat? Yeah, why can't you back squat and then? based off of what what that why is would really dictate what other exercises I would choose sure. to do otherwise, right? Mm -hmm. So we are giving very generic advice right now when someone just says, uh, can't, you know, barbell back squats, not, is it not an option because there's not a barbell in the gym? Is it not an option because you've got you low, back pain? Yeah, you've got back pain. Like I would want, I would want to know more as a trainer slash coach. But if we were just let's pretend that we just can't have that exercise and we have to try it and our you know build the best programming without it, one hundred percent lunges, Bulgarian split squat, goblet squat would be an incredible mm -hmm. exercise. Also, I like that because of how uh, deep you can get for uh, most people. Yeah, you may, you may you might be able to do a front squat. I, mm -hmm. I've worked with clients who, where the the back squat wasn't working for them, um, and we're, we were working towards getting better at back squat. But they could do a front squat. Right. I'd put a barbell across their shoulders, and uh, it wasn't an issue. And, and a front squat is great. Right, and that and that's why the why matters, right? Somebody can't do a back squat potentially because they have horrible thoracic and shoulder mobility, and mm -hmm. they just can't get the hold the bar in that position, so they end up rounding forward, and it hurts their low back. So, I mean, if I saw all that, there's definitely different uh, advices that I give to whoever or whatever reasons why you can't do it. But generically speaking, I think. Bulgarian split squat, walking lunges, reverse lunge, um, uh, those those step movements. ups are good too. Step yeah, ups yeah. on a box are really good. Absolutely, they, they well, require so, a little more more balance. To but. that point too, like if it's a shoulder wrist mobility issue, whatever it is with the upper back, you know maybe zerchers are, are going to be an option for you too. Mm -hmm. right. Have it in a lower position. So yeah, there's there's ways around it. I think it, it depends on what the limitations are. Next question is from Konichiwa. What is the difference between reverse dieting and bulking? How long can you stay in a calorie surplus before you get efficient with calories and add on body fat? All right, so let's let's let, I'll hold off the second part of this question and just answer the first one first, which is the difference between reverse dieting and bulking. The difference is the uh, are the, is the goal. Okay, so both of them, you are working with a calorie surplus, but really with the reverse diet, what you're trying to do is you're trying to back out of a low calorie diet situation, and you're trying to back out gracefully. You're trying to do it in a way to where you don't have this crash weight gain that can happen from an extreme diet. So you see reverse dieting used most often with like physique competitors, bodybuilders, bikini competitors who will get really, really, really shredded for a, an event, and that usually means that they're towards the end of their their cut or whatever. Their calories are as low as they're going to get, uh, oftentimes very low. Their activity is through the roof. They're doing lots of cardio, lots of working out. So to paint a scenario, let's say this female goes into a contest eating 1,200 calories a day uh, or maybe even a little less. 
She's doing an hour of cardio every day plus working out. She does the contest. She does really well. What you don't want to do is go, boom, I'm off the diet. I'm going to eat whatever I want, and I'm going to just not do as much cardio because uh, that will cause really rapid weight gain, may actually add fat cells to your body, isn't very healthy. So reverse dieting is rather than just going out of that is to slowly increase your calories and slowly reduce your cardiovascular <clears throat> activity. It's a healthy way of coming out of that that type of a the, situation. The other example of that too would actually be the the client who comes to me and uh, you know he or she is uh, 300 pounds. They have yo-yo dieted their whole oh, life sure, yeah. and I have them track their food like I do everybody when we first start and just eat what you normally eat and then they provide their diet to me and, and they're eating 1,100 calories and they're 300 pounds. Mm -hmm. And uh, that is another example of where we would take a reverse diet type of an approach where we are slowly trying to uh, add calories back in the diet and get their body used to that without putting on any excess body fat, which is similar to bulking. I think it's, it's really how, quote-unquote, bulking should be done. I mean, bulking is kind of an, uh, an old term that we've used for a long time for in, increasing calories. And what what's happened is that we've turned it in – what most people turn it into is what they call like a dirty bulk where it's, okay, I'm, I'm trying to gain weight right now, so – you know, the, the, uh, oh, I can't have this is out the window. It doesn't exist anymore. I can have whatever I want, right? I can eat whatever calories I want because I'm trying to put size on. Um, but we recommend against that, right? I think that's, uh, creates a bad relationship with food. I think most people that you see that, uh, bulk like this put on uh, as much or more body fat than they actually do muscle. And then when they decide to lean back down, they just go right back to the same starting point or worse than they were in before. So I think it's the the old way of, of putting mass and size on that I think is slowly dying, to be honest with yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. You, you want to increase your calories if you're trying to build muscle. You don't need to increase them as much as you think. Um, and then just monitor. Monitor how you're doing. Now, the second part about you know how long can you stay in a calorie surplus before your body starts to add body fat, well, that's very different from person to person. Um, the only way to to know when it's time to stop is to monitor. Monitor yourself. Slowly add. Um, with some people, I would add 50 to 100 calories per day per week. So this week, we went from 1,200 calories to 1,300 calories, and we'll watch the scale, watch the body fat calipers. How do you feel? Okay, everything looks good. Let's add a little bit more. Um, you you, you want to you know kind of come to terms with the fact that you will gain some weight. Um, that's That's okay especially if you're coming out of a very, very low calorie situation. Um, the idea, though, is for that weight to be muscle. So hopefully body fat percentage doesn't go up uh, too much. And you keep doing that approach until you start to notice diminishing gains, until you start to notice I'm gaining more body fat than I am muscle. Then you can get back out of that. Sometimes doing a shortcut will get your body right in the right state to go back to the higher calories. And th this is a hard thing, I think, for people to to grasp, even somebody who's been training for a really long time. Uh, I don't know if I told you guys this, or, or I think I told you, Sal, that I was um, helping our good friend Larry's ex-wife right now uh, get in shape. And, uh, yeah, she, you did. And she's somebody who's very familiar to the, the weight room and training and has kept herself in pretty good shape most of her life. And even where our starting point is, she's not like way out of shape or anything. Um, but I'm trying to get her to approach it differently as she's training right now. And uh, one of the things that we're talking about is, uh, you know, I want to get her calories up. 
Um, for somebody who is as active, she steps more than 10,000 steps a day. She's got a decent amount of lean body mass. She's an active fit person as it is, but she was only eating like 1,400, 1,500 calories uh, when I first kind of assessed her diet and, and also doing cardio. So I've eliminated all cardio completely. And we've been, uh, you know, she's running uh, MAPS Anabolic right now. And I've got her slowly increasing her calories. And, and I, every time we communicate, I'm always constantly saying, okay, this is, you're doing great here, you're doing great there, add more here, a little bit more of this, no cardio, no cardio. And she asked me the other day, like, when are we going to be able to do cardio? And I said, well, I, before we even introduce cardio or even think about restricting calories, my goal is to get you up to, you know, in 2000 plus, mid 2000s is where I'd like to be calorie wise before I come the other way. And I go, right now, we're in a really good place. Uh, we've eliminated cardio. You are stepping the same as you were before. We are now up to 1,800 to 2,000 calories a day, and her weight's like holding. So what I, and I, and I see her food that she's making, she's making good choices. She's hitting protein intake. She's getting adequate fiber. Diet looks really good. And we're increasing calories. We're doing no cardio. And yet her weight is holding the Mm -hmm. same. Now, what I know is that that's a real mental fuck for most people because we want to see if I'm on the bulk, I want to see scale going up like crazy. Mm -hmm. If I'm on the cut, I want to see scale going down. But really, if there's good programming, if you're training correctly, and you're eating well, balanced, and you're hitting your macro targets that you want, and you're being able to increase calories, and the scale is staying the same, I know good things are happening. I know she's getting stronger. That's the response that I'm getting from her. Her deadlift is going up. Her squat is going up. But the scale is not going up. But her calories are going up. So I know that there's probably a beautiful exchange happening right now. We're probably losing a pound to a pound and a half of body fat. We're gaining somewhere between a half a pound to a pound of muscle. And it's, you know, the rest is probably water going in and out. So we have a beautiful place to be, but it's such a hard place for people to be comfortable and okay with because we always want to see these quick results. And that's what I find myself coaching the most to is like, listen, if you're eating well and by well hitting your macro targets, your protein intake like you're supposed to and making good food, whole food choices, and you're following like a MAPS program, and your scale is staying the same, you're in a really good place. Oh, it's amazing. You're in an amazing place. That's amazing. And we forget the mental component too. The, the One of the main reasons, in my opinion, the slow approach is better, is the the, you, the way you adapt to it mentally. Um, going from diet to bulk in extreme ways is a fantastic way to get you to binge, develop bad relationship with food. Um, there, I, very, very rarely do, you know, are we able to change our behaviors in such radical ways and, and do it in a healthy way. It's typically a slow kind of step approach, getting yourself used to things. So the slow approach also works mentally as well. And with that, go to mindpumpfree.com and download all of our resources, guides, and books. They're all absolutely free. You can also find the three of us on Instagram. You can find Justin at Mind Pump Justin. You can find Adam at Mind Pump Adam. And you can find me at Mind Pump South. Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com. The RGB Super Bundle includes MAPS Anabolic, MAPS Performance, and MAPS Aesthetic. 
Nine months of phased expert exercise programming designed by Sal, Adam, and Justin to systematically transform the way your body looks, feels, and performs. With detailed workout blueprints and over 200 videos, the RGB Super Bundle is like having Sal, Adam, and Justin as your own personal trainers, but at a fraction of the price. The RGB Super Bundle has a full 30-day money-back guarantee, and you can get it now plus other valuable free resources at mindpumpmedia.com. If you enjoy this show, please share the love by leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and by introducing Mind Pump to your friends and family. We thank you for your support, and until next time, this is Mind Pump.